This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Beware deception. Those were the words of Jesus Two days before his crucifixion, as he sat with his disciples on the Mount of Olives, looking over the eastern gate of Jerusalem, and they asked him, Master, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And undoubtedly, you remember what he said. The very first thing that he said was, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, deception is a very interesting thing because nobody ever really believes that they're deceived. In fact, most people don't believe that they can be deceived, especially Christians don't believe they can be deceived. And yet, the warnings of Scripture concerning deception are to believers because unbelievers are deceived already. In fact, Jesus said they were condemned already. Their only hope is to receive the good news of the gospel and be converted. Well, the reality is that When we consider the matter of deception, we have to understand that eternal destiny is at stake. Scientists are now working on self-spreading vaccines that can jump from vaccinated to unvaccinated populations. These new vaccines, or so-called recombinant uh, viruses, are developed through a process whereby researchers first identify a protein from the target microbe that serves as an antigen that triggers immune responses in vaccinated people or animals. Researchers then select a virus to carry the vaccine and spread it. Well, as you might imagine, considerably considerably the ethical implications of inoculating a population without express consent would actually breach the 1949 Geneva Convention, which states that mutilation or medical or scientific experiments not necessitated by the medical treatment of a protected person, are prohibited. And once you set something engineered and self-transmissible out in nature, said a biosecurity researcher at the University of Oxford, you don't know what happens to it and where it's going to go. The idea that you would be able to surreptitiously vaccinate the population with a virus without causing riots is stuff of fantasy. And it will never be used in humans, said Alec Redwood, a principal research fellow at the University of Western Australia. Well, that same Dr. Redwood maintains that the technology should still be pursued for human use if we need it. Sounds like gain-of-function stuff all over again, doesn't it? Sounds like Dr. Fauciism. And that's exactly where things are going, friends. It is an amazing, amazing step. It's, it's like 1984 all over again, except on steroids. And today on Viewpoint, we're going to see a number of these kinds of things that are taking place and uh, is something that we need to be aware of because it is happening. This is not the stuff of conspiracy theories, this is the stuff of reality. If it were not 
Bill Gates and his foundation would not be supporting it and financing it with untold millions of dollars. That's how big it is. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction. As always, talk that transforms. And we will continue on taking a look at this. We were scheduled to be joined by one of the uh, clearest voices concerning these matters, uh, Peter Bregadin. But for some reason, our phone system just went bizarre, berserk, uh, just before he was set to join us. And we were unable to connect. We'll make our best effort to uh, bring him on board another time. But in the meantime, an Army officer, whistleblower, has exposed command violations on VAX mandates. An Army officer who must remain anonymous due to threats of persecution, arrest, and court-martial was shocked to learn that the massive command-level violations of military regulations regarding the Department of Defense mandate for all service members to receive the COVID shots, which was a clear departure from safeguarding the general welfare of those under their command. In fact, the U.S. Army issued orders to all commanders that states, quote, commanders will ensure sufficient doses of Department of Defense approved vaccines that are on hand and available for their unit. Well, the Secretary of Defense himself said that every service member in a memo that the only vaccines for use will receive full licensure from the Food and Drug Administration in accordance with FDA-approved labeling and guidance. Well, to date, there are no FDA-approved fully licensed vaccines available to the military on any military insta- uh, installation in the U.S. or overseas. Yet even in 2022, service members are still being punished for refusing vaccines that are not FDA-approved. Why is this going on? Because there is a much, much bigger agenda, friends. A much, much bigger agenda. And the reality, we don't have all the records here today uh, to deal with it, but the reality is that within the military, uh, there are shocking numbers of soldiers that have basically either died or have been seriously maimed as a result of taking the mandated vaccines. Is this supposed to be actually protecting the military? And is this actually supposed to be protecting we the people that the military is supposed to be protecting? It seems that it's having just the opposite effect. That, indeed, is dangerous. But then when you think that globalism and the global agenda of a one-world order is worth sacrificing thousands and thousands of American soldiers to the quasi-vaccines, on the theory, the false theories of Dr. Fauci and the CDC, then, indeed, we are in deep, deep trouble. Also, it appears increasingly that the real numbers concerning those who died from the pandemic, that is, from the shots, are really not true. In fact, those who died from the pandemic are not true. 
We are going to be doing uh, a more detailed report on that in the not-too-distant future, but the CDC removed more than 72,000 COVID deaths from their list. That's right. The CDC, on March 14th, 2022, removed 72,277 COVID deaths from their tally including 24% of those attributed to children under 18. They claimed it was a coding logic error, a faulty algorithm that had accidentally counted deaths that weren't relevant to COVID. Really? No. Friends, this has been intentional. The overcounting of deaths due to COVID has been intentional for the purpose of striking terror and fear into the American mind and heart so as to market and push and justify these increasing uh, doses of the jab in order to make money for Pfizer and Moderna and J&J and also to drive the new world order. That's exactly what it has been about, and we've been talking about that here on Viewpoint now for some time. And as if that were not enough, this report has come through. Consider this. Moderna's co-founder created a quantum dot tattoo to track vaxxed people. That's right. The company is now using AI, artificial intelligence, to generate endless mRNA jabs. Welcome to transhumanism. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Again, I welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Today, we're doing another report concerning the matter of COVID. Uh, it seems that uh, so many uh, celebrities, famous people, politicians, actors, and so on, who have been fully vaxxed are getting COVID again. Now, if the vax, as Dr. Fauci claimed, was to prevent people from getting COVID, then why is it they're getting COVID after having one, two, three, even four jabs? They've been misled. That's putting it mildly. In fact, there was no proof whatsoever that these jabs were going to prevent people from getting it. In fact, quite the opposite. It was well known that these jabs would not prevent people from getting. That wasn't even their purpose. So what was their purpose? Well, some said it was to prevent the transmission, that you wouldn't be able to transmit the virus. No, 
That wasn't the purpose either, and quite frankly, it was well known that they would not do that. So what was the purpose? Again, we repeat, the only purpose for the jabs was to prevent the worst symptoms of COVID from taking hold in your life. To prevent the worst symptoms, not to prevent any symptoms, not to prevent transmission, not to prevent your ability to get the virus, but to prevent, hopefully, the severity of the symptoms. But then why is it that there are so many deaths now and terrifying uh, injuries that are occurring as a result of people getting these jabs? And they're traced. We've talked about them here on Viewpoint. The issue goes much deeper. That the control of these has not been the issue. What really was the issue is something much deeper, a greater motivation for requiring these jabs. We'll talk more about that in the second half of the program today. But before we get there, let's take a look at this fascinating situation with Moderna's co-founder who created a quantum dot tattoo to track vaccinations. The company is now using artificial intelligence to generate endless mRNA jabs. Moderna's co-founder, Dr. Robert Langer, saw his experimental mRNA vaccines pushed on the American public. This is, by the way, what Dr. Robert Malone has warned the world about. In fact, he came out recently with another warning. Do not allow your children to get these vaccines. Do not allow it because they're way too dangerous. And he said, sometime in the next three to 15 years, our world is going to experience a vast, painful experience, the repercussions of taking these jabs that are already causing people's blood to coagulate forming clots, heart attacks, strokes, and so on. And they're only going to continue to build up because the spike proteins are act- have actually created an artificial immune system that was designed only to prevent against a certain kind of COVID. But as the various variations have come down, these vaxes have been unable to cope with it. So now, Dr. Fauci has said, you're probably going to need a fourth vax and then one every year thereafter. In other words, all of this is going to continue to change. It's an eternal operation. And who knows what all of this is doing to your God-given immune system. But for starters, it was replacing your immune system your God-given immune system, replacing it with a, an artificial or counterfeit immune system that was designed particularly to combat one kind of COVID, one expression of COVID. Now, that having been said, we go back to Moderna's co-founder, Dr. Robert Langer, 
who saw his experimental mRNA vaccines pushed on the American public by politics. He became an instant billionaire. In 2018, the MIT scientist, Massachusetts Institute of Technology scientist, had developed a quantum dot tattoo, an underskin nanoparticle QR code to be scanned by smartphones in order to track the vaccinated masses and ensure compliance. Well, that is itself should sound pretty uh, scary. But this vax and track technology drew the intense personal interest of somebody else of household name today. Bill Gates. You got it. And that interest naturally translated into millions of dollars in funding. This is in addition to the $20 million given to Moderna by the Gates Foundation back in 2016 to develop a new type of vaccine where bits of injected genetic code would hijack the cell's machinery to produce reams of pathogenic proteins. Friends, this is creating an artificial person, an artificial system, So the way God created us wasn't good enough. Humankind must replace God. And that's precisely Bill Gates' viewpoint. We, in all of our great wisdom, here in this AI, artificial intelligence world, moving toward transhumanism, where we become God, He believes that with enough money and enough smarts, we can actually replace our God-given systems with a scientific counterfeit. So there are three technologies then that are driving this plot of the horrific story, MRN gene therapy, quantum dot tattoos, and artificial intelligence. So if you take them together, These innovations are rapidly converging on the long-sought-after goal. What is that? An inescapable surveillance state controlled by massive corporations in which the global population is subject, subject to continual medical experimentation. You won't be able to avoid it because the system is set up so that it becomes universal. Now, what does this look like? Well, the spiky patch quantum dot tattoo was developed by MIT scientists Dr. Robert Langer and Dr. Anna Jaklinek. Their research was published in the prestigious Science Translational Medicine. Now, what was that about? The quantum dot tattoo is to be administered using a microneedle patch in tandem with any given vaccination. Fluorescent nanoparticles, that is so microscopic that you really can't see them, are placed in a specific configuration, a sort of 
like QR code embedded in your flesh, which can be scanned with infrared light on a modified smartphone. And the tattoo, this quantum dot tattoo currently made is will last up to five years. And it's the, the goal is for widespread adoption on humans. Is this beginning to sound familiar? It should. And we'll tell you why in just a few moments. In order to market their quantum dot tattoo, Langer and Jacklinek founded the company called Particles for Humanity. In partnership, now please get the connection between these people. It's amazing. Everything goes back to Bill Gates. In order to market their quantum dot tattoo, Langer and Jacklinek founded the company Particles for Humanity in partnership with Dr. Boris Nikolic of uh, Biomatics Capital with $5 million from the Gates Foundation. Previously, Nikolic received his Bill Gates chief, he he served as Bill Gates' chief science advisor and was named as a a successor executor in, you're not going to believe this, Jeffrey Epstein's will. Both Langer and Nikolic or Nikolic have profiles on the World Economic Forum's website. Are you beginning to see the connections, friends? The World Economic Forum, Bill Gates, AI, government force, and massive, massive flows of money. This is where things are going. And it's about preparing you and our world for transhumanism. In other words, to escape the human through AI, artificial intelligence, and other means, other so-called scientific means to become superhuman and eventually become God. Now, in case you think that this is so far-reaching, when you get a copy of my new book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, sometime in June, you are there's an entire chapter devoted to this. It is shocking beyond our ability to comprehend. The intentions of human beings, godless human beings, who believe somehow that we can become our own saviors, our own self-appointed messiahs to live forever and escape judgment. That's really what it's about. It's unbelievable. It is 1984 on steroids. Get ready. This, my friends is preparatory to the second coming of Jesus Christ. When it's preparatory to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that means it's uh, preparing for the coming of the Antichrist. 
Do you know what the mark of the beast is? I want to be careful when I respond to that question. The Bible uses a term in the Greek where it says mark, when it really is a kind of scratch or etching. There was no knowledge at that time what a nanoparticle tattoo could be like. What it is, basically, is a tiny little etching or scratching on your flesh. And that through that, not only can you be made recipient of the so-called eternal progression of vaccines or jabs, but it goes way, way beyond that. For those of you that are not familiar with what we have reported on here on Viewpoint in months past, you may recall that in March of 2000, Bill Gates and his uh, foundation filed a patent with the U.S. Patent Office not just for this nano-dot vaccination for, shall we say, health purposes, but to add to it the ability to use it to control all financial transactions. It would be operable, operable by a central government power. Are you listening yet? This is where it's going and moving very, very quickly. People get ready. Jesus is coming. And you might want to consider getting a copy of the book, Antichrist. How to Identify the Coming Imposter, $23 on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a For Pastors Only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and today we're taking a look at developments concerning COVID, concerning vaccines, and where all of this is ultimately heading. We're going to make this connection with the Great Reset uh, in just a few moments. But before we do that, this report has just come through today. BlackRock CEO and World Economic Forum globalist Larry Fink says corporations must work harder to force people to change their behaviors. To force people to change their behaviors. 
to force people to change their behaviors. Now, interestingly, as we uh, look at all of this, we find that the CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest investment firm with $10 trillion in assets, it's a firm that has at least a partial ownership of almost every major corporation in the world, including the big media and big tech companies. So this fella, Larry Fink, is not your average CEO. He's chairman and CEO of BlackRock. He plays a key role at Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum, where he is a member of the Board of Trustees and listed as one of the top agenda contributors. Not only that, he sits on the board of directors for the Council on Foreign Relations, which has been the most powerful driver of U.S. foreign policy for the last 75 years. He sits on the board of the International Rescue Committee, one of nine private agencies that works to funnel refugees into North America and Europe. These refugees come from places like Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, Yemen, Somalia, and Sudan, cultures that don't mix well in Western societies. So when we, we, we speak of Mr. Fink and what he speaks of, the world's most powerful business leaders are all ears then. He controls trillions of dollars in investment money and sits on all the key globalist boards. And here is what he had to say in a New York Times forum a few years ago. He said, behaviors are going to have to change. And this one thing we are asking companies, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Did he make a mistake? No. The following is a quote from his 2022 letter to CEOs of the major corporations worldwide. He said, every company in every industry will be transformed by the transition to a net zero world. The question is, will you lead or will you be led? Sounds like a threat, doesn't it? This is where things are going. Leveraging the power of so-called actionable ESG data is crucial in this global transition towards a net zero world, he said. Now, what is ESG? Maybe you've been hearing about that. We're not going to go into details about it here today on Viewpoint. This is a scoring system. It's a woke scoring system for corporations and for you. Fink, the leader of the global movement to create a social scoring system for corporations related to how environmentally and socially woke they are. This is called the ESG scoring system, and ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Score. In other words, you are being rated just like they do in communist China. Are you listening? 
Fink is warning the world's top CEOs it's no longer enough to just be a good capitalist. You must work to better society or risk losing your support from BlackRock. And how do you better society in Fink's way of thinking? You become a global citizen first. Only secondarily do you consider yourself an American, a Canadian, French, German, or whatever. Then you adopt a woke view of the world. This is how it is working. This is the vision of Bill Gates. He is using his untold billions of dollars, his wealth, to accomplish this agenda through vaccines. To force the world to conform. I don't know how much clearer it can be to reveal in a relatively simple, straightforward way in a radio program where we are really headed. Why is this important? You say, well, I don't want to hear anything like that, okay? So you think that uh, like a child, a two-year-old, you can put your hands over your eyes and say, look, Ma, you can't see me? Or you can put your fingers in your ear and wag your fingers, say, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Is that going to change anything? No. Why would we bring this kind of information on viewpoint that is dedicated to rebuilding the foundations of faith and freedom, dedicated to spiritual revival, dedicated to preparing the way of the Lord among professing Christians for history's final hour. Why would we do that? Because we need to know where things really are. What time in history is this? What time is it? Reminds me of a phrase one of the few phrases that I remember from two years of French, quelleur et il, which means, what time is it? Quelleur et il, what time is it? Well, if I were to ask you, or anybody would ask you, just off the cuff, what time is it? And you knew that they were not talking about the actual time, but they were talking about the era in human history, what would you say? What would be your answer? Would you equivocate? Would you say, I don't have a clue? Would you say, I don't know? Would you kind of muffle a response? Or would you be able to clearly say, I believe we're on the near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. I believe we're rapidly approaching what the Bible calls the end of the age. I believe that we're in the latter days of the end times, or the last days. Would you be able to say that with any degree of confidence? And if not, why not? Why not? The reason why most would not be willing to say that is because they're afraid of the implications of agreeing to it. It's going to require too much of them. They don't want to be prepared. They want things to continue on as they are. And that's what Jesus said it was going to be like just before his return. 
as it was in the days of Noah. People giving in marriage, marrying, giving in marriage, eating and drinking, in fact, going on about business as usual. Totally, totally uh, unaware of what time it is. Totally unaware that judgment is coming. Totally unaware of the radical changes that are coming upon the earth, just as Jesus and his apostles and the prophets foretold. Don't you think that at some point, the words of Jesus, the prophets, the apostles, were going to take place and come to fruition? Do you not see the fulfillment of these rapidly before your eyes? How can we play pretend anymore? But we are. We're playing pretend in the pulpits of America. Pastors are afraid to own up to these times because they're afraid that people will vote with their feet. They say, we don't want people to be afraid. We want them to love Jesus. Let me give you an idea of what this looks like. About 20 years ago, I was asked to speak to a group of Christian men in a church on a Saturday morning. They didn't tell me what to speak about, so I had 30 minutes to speak, and I spoke on the subject, the, the uh, then-time church, the now-time church, and the, and the prophetic church to come. Those three subjects. And after about five, six minutes, men began to uh, give catcalls. And the longer I spoke, the more catcalls and jeering came from these ostensibly Christian men. It was unbelievable. I've never, ever, ever experienced anything like it, ever, in all of my life. At the end, it was so disconcerting, I stood there alone, and a man came up to me and identified himself as the pastor. He had been in that meeting the whole time. He said nothing, and he said, Mr. Chris Meyer, I'd like to tell you why my men responded the way they did. He said, we don't teach or preach about the end times here. We want people to love Jesus not to be afraid. Those were his words. In other words, that pastor is intentionally not preparing his people for these times. Intentionally. That's spiritual child abuse, friends. That's spiritual abuse. For a pastor who is trusted by the people to be a mouthpiece for God, who refuses, absolutely refuses to deliver a message in any way to prepare those people for the times that are coming, as Jesus said. It's unbelievable, but that's where we are. When we get back, we're going to see where all this is connected now to the Great Reset. Hang in there. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? 
Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. It's so good to have you here on Viewpoint today, as always, to talk about the things that matter. Not things that just scratch our itching ears, but things that matter and can bring about a change in our lives. You say, well, how would this information uh, bring a change in my life? Well, it depends on your attitude. If you really believe that what we're talking about here on Viewpoint today is real, is true, and is worthy of being communicated, then, by inference, it brings to you, to all of us, a message in the form of, shall we say, a rhetorical question. Am I ready for the second coming of Christ? Now, don't answer too quickly. Most people would say, oh, yeah, I confess Christ is my Savior, this, that, or the other. That's not the question I asked you. I asked you if you were ready Because Jesus said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. Only those who do the will of my Father. That's what Jesus said. Now, your favorite theologian may not have said that, but Jesus said that. Would you like me to repeat what he said? He said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, in other words, not everyone who claims to be a follower of mine is going to inherit the kingdom. Only those who do the will of my Father. In other words, only those who obey me. Now, if the word obey has become the most hated word in the church today, does that not then put millions of professing Christians at risk for not being prepared? Indeed, it does. That is... The easy believism of today and the lordship of feelings has so distorted and perverted the truth, the, the actual truth of the Bible and the gospel that it's almost indistinguishable anymore from just general psychological well-being. The Apostle John said this, Whoever has this hope, that is the hope of the second coming in him, will purify himself even as Christ is pure. That's what he said. Which means, in other words, the Bible says, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. 
Jesus said, as recorded by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, that Christ is not coming back for a church with spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. So if there are millions of professing Christians who are full of spots, wrinkles, blots, uh, sin, rebellion, stubbornness, pride, whatever, those aren't the ones he's coming back for. He's coming back for those who are walking in holiness and in righteousness, which is the habitation of his throne. I know that these things have not been taught for a very long time, but they are scriptural. They are Jesus' message. So how do we prepare? How do we deal with, if we come to the realization through the Holy Spirit that if we're sincere, my life isn't really ready. I've been living in fornication. I've been living in adultery. I've been, I've been uh, deceiving. I've been lying. I've been doing this, that, or the other. Who knows what it is? I refuse to forgive. There's so many different things. Well, you're not ready. You're not ready. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be coming home. So how do we do that? We repent. We confess with particularity our sin, our unrighteousness, the areas in which the Holy Spirit reveals that we're not ready, and he may do that gradually. He may do it today in one area, and if you don't respond today, he may not repent, renew that to you. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, today. Today, if you will hear his voice, don't harden your heart, the Bible says. God says, my spirit will not always strive with man. Contrary to what much is being taught today in our churches. So we need to respond. We need to have listening ears. Jesus said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Do you have an ear to hear? One of the great concerns that I have, I said, Lord, give me a listening ear. Help me to keep my heart, my mind, my will tuned to your voice. Because it's so easy in our the climate in which we live for the world to completely take over. That's just like it did in the days of Noah. So, we need to get ready. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, we move forward to wrap up here. The term Great Reset. Klaus Schwab, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab popularized the term The Great Reset in his book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. It was showcasing of the COVID-19 in his title, that indicated how much the pandemic had inspired him and given him hope, energizing all global predators. Schwab's book appeared in July of 2020, and 
perhaps has established Schwab as the greatest intellectual in the globalist movement and now as the intellectual backbone of American policy under Joseph Biden. Klaus Schwab has declared that globalism is incompatible with patriotic democracies. Incompatible. He said the three notions of economic globalization, political democracy, and nation-state are mutually irreconcilable. Globalism is incompatible with democracy and the nation-state. So, Schwab is right. The citizens of a patriotic democratic republic would never willingly and knowingly submit to governance by global predators. That's why, friends, the Dr. Fauci's of the world, the Bloomberg's and Schwab's of the world, and the Bill Gates of the world are being used outside the actual elected government in order to perpetrate globalism upon you and me. So, what they're looking at is to redesign capitalism, to incorporate so-called social values, it's called wokeness, to reimagine capitalism, to fix the worldwide economy, to make a sustainable future, develop a new Green New Deal, fix racial inequality, revolutionize e-commerce, build a better tech industry, smash the glass ceiling for women, change how we work, help us adapt quicker to change and threats. Notice anything missing there? No mention of spreading individual freedom or political liberty. None. That has to go. That's the reason, friends, why Joe Biden is flooding the United States this just this last year with 2 million undocumented people flooding across our southern border. 2 million. And there are hordes just standing there ready to invade the country when he sets aside the remaining restriction that Donald Trump put on people coming across the border. Pope Francis, a consummate globalist. Transhumanism, a concept promoted of technology promoted by Klaus Schwab, producing what is called a fourth industrial revolution. He is a proponent of transhumanism, using technological interventions that transform our brains and behavior to make us, in fact, less human, less able to have spontaneous emotions, less able to have loving connections with others, and less able to actually choose. Transhumanism is utopian and inhuman. But it's the idea of those who are moving it, pushing it, is that we will and are in the process of becoming gods. We are becoming our own saviors. And this is the nexus or connection that is being created now by Bill Gates and uh, the others that we have mentioned to move our world intertwining 
technology, with medicine and economics to create a one world order that will completely, completely control humankind. Supposedly all for our benefit. They say it's for the common good. But in order to get the common good, everything has to be reduced to the lowest common denominator. Therefore, the idea of making America great again, which Donald Trump announced in 2016, was so hateful to the globalists that they decided to crucify him no matter what it would take. That's what they did. Led by Hillary Clinton and her so-called Russian threat. That Donald Trump was a Russian in disguise. That he really was a Putinite. Nothing could have been further from truth. It was just the opposite. Just the opposite. And now, as you know, it has come out that actually Hillary Clinton was the Putinite. Hmm. Yes. Now, there are many more things that could be said, but we don't have time to say them. I want to encourage you to get a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, because that imposter is being prepared for our world as we speak. He's going to gain dominion by flattery, the the, uh, prophet Daniel says. That book, Antichrist, tells us what the characteristics are as described in the Bible. It doesn't give names, and the book doesn't give names. We don't try to. That's a foolish endeavor. It always has been. It's a foolish endeavor. What we need to be able to identify is the characteristics. Because if we don't understand those characteristics, the majority of people on this planet, including professing Christians, will succumb to his deception. He's going to gain the kingdom by flattery and even their pursuit of peace. Daniel says that by pursuit of peace, he will destroy many. It's amazing. It's utterly amazing. And it's all going to look so great. But chaos has to be created particularly in the Western world, in order for the people to cry out for the counterfeit deliverer. Israel will cry. The Western world will cry. And it will set up 